0: Hi, besties. Um, I'm going to introduce myself in this episode because I feel like I need to start doing that, okay? We need to be professional, but not really. But every single time I edit this, I'm like, Mary, you can't just assume that people know who you are. I mean, I think most people listen to this because of my TikTok. Like, they know me from TikTok. So like that's cool and I, I see, but actually a lot of people don't know what my name is which is very very funny to me because people will come up to me in the street and they're like hi I follow you on TikTok oat milk leader and I'm like "Ah, my name's Mary but thanks but um no I completely get it it makes me giggle but yeah hi guys it's Mary welcome back or hello if this is your first episode I talk a lot of shit on here um and that's basically it. We talk about how weird life gets and that we're not alone. So that being said, welcome to season two, episode two. We're doing the damn thing. I can't believe we're on season two, but here we are. Um, and let's do our little weekly update. So, just got back from Soul Cycle, the um have met so many amazing people at SoulCycle this week who said that they watch my videos or like they follow my Instagram or whatever and that's so fucking cool. Someone did say to me today though, they were like, you should be sponsored by SoulCycle and you know what? I agree. I agree. We'll put that one out into the universe and we'll leave it to sit and whoever wants to hear that can hear that. Also, um, I made a video saying that I have four journals filled with like a shit ton of information about the cool places to be in London and I've been collecting this for a while like this is this is a study okay and I basically said that I want like Goop or Refinery or BuzzFeed or someone to let me publish an article for them and Refinery followed me and messaged me and now I'm freaking out because even if nothing comes of this Refinery, know I exist, okay? And it has been a dream of mine to write for Refinery for years. And so I'm feeling very happy today. And um, I really let that out in this morning's Soul Cycle class. Like that resistance was on full blast. And normally I put the resistance on heavy, heavy, heavy when I'm sad or angry because I'm like, let's get this frustration out. But today I was just like, hell yeah this is good resistance because I'm proud of myself. And the last song that we rode home to was Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. And I just lost my goddamn mind. It was so good. And you have to like, you really have to be proud of yourself when you have small victories and small wins. And that's something that I've always struggled to do because I've never really been the person to like, have somebody to go to and tell them my small wins. You know, I feel like a lot of people are like, as soon as something good happens to me, I tell my boyfriend, I tell my best friend, I tell this person, I tell that person. Like, I've just never been that person. I always keep things to myself because I don't know how to, like, express the excitement I have for myself to other people without feeling like I'm being a narcissist. So I just take those small wins and celebrate them with myself, which is fine. If you do that, that's fine. You don't need to tell everyone your business. But make sure that you are celebrating your small wins. But with that being said, um, not much else has happened this week. I mean, it's only Tuesday, so... Oh no, it's Wednesday. Okay, we are three days into the week. Yeah, not much has happened though. So yeah, with that being said, uh, let's get into the podcast. So I actually want to talk about having conversations, right? And... I talk a lot about having conversations. In a way, this is a conversation. It's very one-sided until you guys hear the episode and message me, but this is a conversation and I want to use this platform to have the conversations about things that people aren't talking about. And a big thing for me is pay transparency. And I've been talking about this with my dad a lot recently, and we were talking about how in many different countries, it's very normal to speak about how much you get paid. And in Norway, it's like public information. Like everybody can access that information about how much people get paid and how much people pay in taxes. And I was thinking to myself, that's amazing because that helps fight things like the wage gap between genders and ethnicities and religions and all these factors in which most workplaces in the UK and the US discriminate against. That isn't allowed to happen in Norway because... The information is just so easily accessible that someone can call you out on your bullshit and say, hey, this person's doing the exact same job as me and being paid more. I want a pay rise, which makes sense. Like, you should be entitled to that. And it is a very UK-US thing to just not speak about how much you get paid. And, like, it seems to be this taboo topic that, you know, you shouldn't ever tell anyone how much you make. But I've always found that very weird. And maybe it is because I've never had a real job, but... I've never understood why co-workers don't discuss their pay, because one, it makes it really difficult for people to understand their value in a workplace. And what I mean by that is, say, for example, you're a postgrad student and someone offers you like eight pounds an hour for a job. You don't know what anybody else is making. You don't know what any other postgrad made because nobody's talking about it. So you accept it. And it comes with naivety, but that naivety comes from the fact that no one's having that discussion. So I'm um, on the one hand, we are to blame because we are society, but also you're not to blame because you didn't know. You didn't know better. And I don't know. I don't know why this has been bugging me so much recently. Uh, maybe it's like now that I'm in a position where I can negotiate how much people pay me, that it's starting to like live in my mind rent free but i just think that transparency with all things should be something that we strive to achieve and this is the same with mental health and periods and hemorrhoids and ibs and all these things that people have kind of stigmatized and made it seem like a bad thing to talk about those are the things that we actually need to discuss and i think the biggest 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 thing for me in terms of transparency with health is PMDD. So if you don't know, PMDD stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. That was a mouthful. I mean it wasn't, but my brain is. Ugh. Um but yeah, that's what it stands for and it basically in a very very basic way I'm going to describe this, I'm not a doctor, please google it if you're interested. But it's basically extreme depression when you're on your period. And there's a lot more to it than that, but that's in its most basic sense. And, it, you know, people get really bad pains and all this stuff. And it's very, very similar to the conversations surrounding PCOS. Because people don't speak about these things, because people look down on talking about periods, a lot of women think that that's normal. And I know I've mentioned this before, so I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it's just something that is very, very like deep in my mind consistently because periods aren't meant to be painful. Plot twist. They're actually not meant to be painful. They're meant to just happen and then you get on with your day. But that's not the case for so many women. But because people are not talking about that, people aren't talking about the fact that periods aren't meant to be painful. And the medical institution in itself, like as a whole, doesn't even fund like gynecology and hormone research as well as it should and it just kind of encourages this narrative in society that we don't talk about these things and we need to talk about the uncomfortable things I mean I don't think that periods should be an uncomfortable topic you see people like shiver when you say the word period or PMS or talk about blood but you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a period, you know, like, your existence wouldn't be a thing if your mother didn't have a period, I mean, there are exceptions to that rule, obviously, but for the most part, periods are the reason that you can be a human being, and periods are also a sign of an amazing thing, like, your body is great, you know, like, There's nothing to be embarrassed about when it comes to periods. And even the amount of times I'm saying period in this podcast, and we're, what, what, like a minute in, I know that if this podcast was, like, broadcasted to the world, there would be so many people who would look down on the fact that I'm talking about periods so openly. And I think that in itself is a really big issue because there are so many, like, there are so many issues surrounding periods and hormone health that people are so unaware of because nobody's willing to talk about it. If you are interested, there's a book called Period Power, which is amazing. It's a phenomenal read. It's very insightful and it tells you a lot of what you need to know about your period. And we're not really taught about periods in school. I mean, I remember my um my sex ed class. I, I, I went to a Catholic school. I went to two Catholic schools. So my sex ed is not the sex ed that everybody else got. But I remember in like year six or what are you, like 10? we had this, um, this sex ed class on like how to put a tampon in. And that was it. Like that's all anyone ever taught me about a period. And I was a late bloomer. I didn't get my period until I was about 15, um, maybe 16. I don't know. But I remember I got my period and I was in so much pain. I thought I was dying. I was like, why is this happening to me? And, um, I thought it was a one-off I thought I got my period then I was a woman and I'm done. I had no idea it was something that happened every month. I don't know why I didn't know that, but it wasn't taught to me and I mean, I love my mom, but she is also in the bracket of people who find talking about periods very taboo. And I know that's a cultural thing. Um so that's not a dig at my mom at all. But I remember I got my period and I was like, "Dad, what the fuck is going on?" And he was like, "Yeah, this is going to happen every month." And I was like, "Absolutely not. We need to get rid of this immediately." And then I remember when I did get my period, like when it started being a thing, unfortunately, I would get my period twice a year. And that's when I went on birth control, which is another thing that nobody wants to have a conversation about. Actually, (laughs) let's fucking talk about it. The um, J&J vaccine that was like briefly taken off the markets, I guess, because it caused what? Like one in a million blood clots and everyone lost their mind. and was like, blood clots, oh my God, we're gonna die. That is the biggest side effect of birth control. And that's one of the reasons I couldn't take the combined pill for so many years. I shouldn't have done this, but in order for me to go on the combined pill, I lied to my like uh not my doctor, they're not like my general practitioner, but you can go to like sexual health clinics and get birth control rather than going through your GP. And I went through my GP at first and they put me on the progesterone only pill, which is different to the combined pill obviously. And then I just went to a sexual health clinic and lied and I was like hi besties yeah I don't suffer from headaches um can I have the combined pill and so they gave it to me which was fucking awful my headaches got really bad I could have died I don't know why I did that but we all we live and we learn but yeah like if you have headaches or migraines or anything like that or even a heart condition like I was the prime person to not get the combined pill but I'm dumb but yeah if you have any of those problems you can't take the combined pill because the biggest side effect is blood clots which can make you stroke and die And if you're already prone to blood clots, like if you have a heart condition or you have migraines or anything like that, they don't give it to you. But what? Three men got a blood clot from the J&J vaccine and suddenly the world came to a halt. And... You know, people say all the time, if men had to take birth control, you could get it with your coffee and Starbucks, it would be so easily accessible, it would be free, the conversations would be being had, we live in a male-dominated society and it fucking sucks, but we can do something about it, we can have the conversations that need to be had, and... I feel like birth control is something that a lot of people go on immediately. As soon as people get their period, as soon as people will start having sex, like they go on birth control. Not everyone. And if you're not on birth control, that's great. Like just do whatever you need to do. But you know, you're really young and you don't know anything. And doctors don't disclose any of that information with you. I think when I went on birth control, my doctor was like, would you like your dad to leave the room? And he left and I was 15 and she was like are you having sex with anyone and i was like bitch i just got my first period like <laughs> what um but that was it like there was no explanation of anything and i'm not gonna lie who reads the side effect sheet because it's honestly like two sides of a6 like the the side effect sheet for birth control is insane and i remember when i went on the patch and like there are there, i don't know why the patch seemed more um scary I, I, yeah for me going on the patch was more scary than going on the pill it also fucked up my skin like not not giving me sp- i mean it did give me spots but like the area in which the patch sits like i just got really dry skin and it wasn't fun but i remember when i went on the patch like i had to get weighed and they were like do you smoke do you drink blah 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 like just a whole thing and then nobody told me the risks like they checked that you're in perfect health basically because I think there's a weight restriction to certain birth controls um so they check that like you're within the weight bracket which is so fucking bizarre to me but yeah they do that and then they're like okay off you go if you die you die have fun but at least you won't get pregnant right like I don't know but yeah and the reason I mentioned hemorrhoids before um for context is because me and my dad made a TikTok that kind of blew up and he was saying, like, people need to talk about hemorrhoids because not enough people talk about it, but a lot of people have it. And he's very right. Like, he he is right. I mean, it was a funny video, but he's right. Like, the amount of people I know who have hemorrhoids or IBS and just don't speak about it, but then if it comes up in conversation, they're like, oh, my God, I thought it was just me. And, oh, I cannot stress this enough. Like, it's never just you. This, there's too many people in this world for something to just be happening to you um and I'll say it loud and proud me and my IBS bitches we're hot okay I love when people are like girls with stomach issues are hot girls with IBS are hot it just it's the confidence boost I need you know but yeah like IBS fucking sucks duh like who wants to have IBS but it's a thing like a lot of people have IBS and I don't know like why is it such a bad thing to talk about it's kind of similar to when oh maybe it's a misogynist thing but like when and it It is predominantly women who say it. And they're just like, no, I don't fart. Like, yes, you do. What the fuck? Like, yes, you do. And actually, this is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. The idea that like women can't be misogynists. They can. Honestly, it's something you have to unlearn. Misogyny is something you have to unlearn because in a way it is kind of the default. I feel like now I'm I'm very, very lucky and very fortunate to have such incredible women around me, including my mother and including my closest friends. And also, shout out to the incredible female Soul Cycle staff that, like, literally inspire me every single day. Those women make me realize that the way I thought before was very incorrect. And it's still a journey. And I don't think you will ever completely, like, have a brain free of patriarchal norms and misogyny because that's the world that we live in. But you can choose to dismantle what you've been taught but I remember when I went to the women's march in 2017 which was just it was a women's march in rebellion to Trump's presidency and it was the first protest I ever went to and I was terrified I went alone and I honestly I don't know why I went like I I cannot remember for the life of me why I decided to go because I'd never been to a protest before that and I went and I cried the whole, I was by myself walking this whole protest, crying my eyes out. And I just felt so fucking lucky to grow up in a world where women were this powerful. And there were all these speakers telling their story. And there was, I remember it so vividly. There was this, um, there was this guy and he had two kids with him. I, I think they were his kids and they were both young girls. And we were all standing at Trafalgar Square, which is where the protests kind of like end for speeches and talks and stuff in London. And his girls like turned around to him and one of them was like, Why are we here? And he was like, so you can have a better future. And I'm literally getting emotional thinking about it now. That moment changed the game for me. It changed the fucking game. Like that was a thing that really clicked in my brain. And was like, you it's not enough to just be A woman and say that I'm a feminist. Like, that's not enough. I need to be putting in the work. It's the exact same as people who are like, I'm not racist. Okay, be actively anti-racist. And that's the same with feminism. Like, actively be a radical feminist, actively be an intersectional feminist. Um, I mean, this is this has gone on quite a whirlwind. I don't even know what I started talking about. But yeah, this idea that like we can't talk about certain topics because it's frowned upon. It's something that you have to, like, it's something that you do. Okay. It's something that you as an individual have to do in order to see a wide scale movement. Because if you think about it, each person has the power to inspire somebody else. Even if you think you're a nobody, you have the power to inspire someone else to make change. And in my opinion... One person having the conversation about periods, one person having the conversation about pay transparency, one person having the conversation about IBS, hemorrhoids, anything can inspire somebody else to have that conversation with somebody else. And then it's a chain reaction and it might be small, but all small changes turn into something big. And that's the power that you need to realize that you have. Okay. Because we're all so fucking powerful. We're all so, so powerful. And A lot of the time, people don't realize their power because they think to themselves, well, I'm nobody. You know, I don't have a platform. You have a platform. You always have a platform. Your voice is a platform. Go and do something with it. Go and create a change. Talk about the things that you wish people spoke about because that's exactly why I made this podcast because I didn't hear anybody talking about the things that went on in my head. And I felt so alone for years until I started having those conversations because more often than not, everyone else feels the exact same way. And if not everyone, then at least one person, and that's enough. That one person is enough and always will be enough for you to feel seen and for them to feel seen. And by that happening, the world can become a better place. I don't know why I fucking sound like a motivational speaker, but you know, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll, ladies. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, okay, here's an example that's like kind of not great, but we're gonna roll with it. I remember when I went to sixth form and people would like talk about their dating life and like if they slept with anyone and how old are you when you go sixth form 16 right so as i previously mentioned like just got my period just became a woman didn't even have boobs yet you know like just i looked like a door um and i remember going to sixth form and i was like oh fuck like i'm so behind everyone else because one i went to an all girls school two i'm a late bloomer three i'm just so fucking awkward and shy and I was like, everyone's going to be sleeping with everybody and I'm not involved in this. And this is literally how me and my best friend became best friends. And I'm not going to say who it is because of her own privacy, but anyone who knows us knows. But we literally had a conversation like, have you had sex yet? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh my God, same. And that's how we became friends. And I remember that moment so well. And I will treasure that moment forever because one, it gave me my best friend. but two. I realized that a lot of the things that you think people are doing, they're not doing. And I mean, like shortly after that, I lost my virginity and I ran straight to her and I was like, bestie, we got some news. But like, it was still such a monumental moment in my life because I was like, oh my God, like my whole school life, I thought everyone but me was having sex. I even remember my direct friendship group, like the people I hung out with in school and like went to parties with, like they were all sleeping with people and I was just kind of like, Um okay. Hmm. What am I doing wrong? And I wasn't doing anything wrong. It just wasn't my fucking time. Because that's something I actually like talking about because it's such a fucking social construct and it's so annoying. And you can define what your virginity is yourself, and you can define when you lost it and who with and it's not even something you lose, like that's just a phrase, obviously, but like you know, virginity is just such a weird construct. But I like having conversations about that. Yeah, I often used to think back to the times I was at parties and like the times I would like make out with guys but not sleep with them and I was like I could have done it like I just didn't want to you know and that I'm so grateful that I had that mindset of like I don't have to do this and it will happen at the right time with the right person you know like it's and I know that I got lucky like a lot of people look back and regret losing their virginity with who they lost it like I don't really care like I literally don't give a shit I'm like okay it. It is what it is. Like, I was friends with the guy, like, blah, blah, blah. But if I wasn't, I could easily be like, that wasn't me losing my virginity. But people don't talk about it. Like, they're just like, oh, you lost your virginity. Like, like you just lost a part of you. And like, everybody take a deep breath. Like, you get to define that, okay? You get to define what your virginity is. You get to define when and if you ever lost it. I I wish you could see me. I'm doing like a lot of quotation marks here. Yeah, I... (sighs) it's just so important to talk about these things because that's how a lot of people don't realize that one, they're not alone or two, they should do something about it. And, um, I've had a very recent obsession with Pete Davidson. I do in fact love that man. Um, any Pete Davidson slander that anyone heard from me before, just pretend you didn't because I love him. And I was watching one of his interviews Um, And he was talking about how he like used to get like very, very depressed at minor inconveniences. And that's honestly the reason why I told my parents that I need to go back to therapy because I thought that was normal. I thought everyone acted like that. And he was like, yeah, now I'm on antidepressants. And I was like, oh, wait, what? Not everybody gets depressed. Okay. All right. Interesting. And, you know, he might've just said that in passing as you know the response to an interview question but I doubt that I'm alone in the amount of people who must have watched that and been like oh my god like okay I, I should probably do something too because one it's really inspiring to be that brave and have the courage to tell people openly that you're going through a hard time or that your brain isn't doing what people want it to do because that's the sad reality of like being depressed your brain isn't doing what everybody else wants it to do. Yeah. I don't know. I often think about that because when it comes to things like depression and and mental illnesses, and even the word illness in itself is like, it makes it seem like there's something very, very wrong with you. Like so, so bad. And it's just the worst thing in the world. And like, for a lot of people, it does feel like it is the worst thing in the world. But the only explanation I can have to like explain (laughs) to explain what I read into that is that your brain isn't doing what people want from you like if you don't have high functioning anxiety then people get pissed off at you because you can't do what they want from you you know like you want to do it too but your body isn't allowing you and then everyone else gets angry So it's kind of like you're living in this whole simulation of failing to meet people's expectations, which doesn't even help the situation. But um, yeah, sorry, I keep going on these tangents. But yeah, Pete Davidson's video where he was talking about this was just so inspiring because like so many more people should, should talk about this. Like if you have a voice, talk about it. And I love when I know people who are so open about their mental health. And obviously you don't have to be. You don't have to be open about it in front of people that you don't know or on social media at all. This is not me saying that that's the correct thing to do. If that's not what works for you, that's not what works for you. And that's fine. But the conversations surrounding like antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, all these things that have just for so long been seen as a bad thing are kind of now coming into the light that it's okay to be on them. It's always been okay to be on them. But now more than ever, I feel like people feel a lot more safe because they know that they're not alone. I often think about the times that I say things that people have called me out for being, like, too big and too loud and, like, too feminist and too radical, and those tend to be the things that people, other people, appreciate me saying. And so, if you take anything from this long ramble, rant, whatever let it be that your voice is more powerful than you think it is and it can change the fucking world anyways besties i realized that i started something in season one that i never really continued and i'm kind of pissed at that that's the kind of brain i have i'm like i'm gonna do this and then and then i just forget but i'm gonna encourage you all to have a dance party today okay because i have found this new song uh actually i don't think it's a new song (laughs) i don't think it's a new song but um if you follow me on instagram or you you like just know me um you know that biana by baker matt is my go-to dance song it's my go-to running song it's my go-to stairmaster song i fucking love that song it's incredible uh just give you a little recap of what the song sounds like if you didn't listen to the podcast episode where i played it like how can you not love this like such a tune just brings all the serotonin back to the surface you know great vibes but there's this song called Sunday Morning and I like literally just spend all my time making Spotify playlists and I like to make playlists for very specific moods and I have one which is called Solo Dance Party but this song like really encompasses what I mean by Solo Dance Party. So I'm going to play it and I need you all to go on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever you use to stream music and just dance to it. Just dance to it, okay? Because it's great. This is it. like Like, how does that not make you smile? It's just a phenomenal song. And You know, I get this whole dance it out philosophy from Grey's Anatomy. Duh. Anyone who's watched it knows that's Meredith and Christina's thing. But honestly, dancing every single day makes me so happy. And, like, you don't need to dance, like, properly. Like, I'm not whipping out my point shoes and, like, getting my tap shoes on or doing a step ball change or whatever. Like, I'm literally just jumping in the air, fist pumping, and, like, throwing a whip and a nene in there for old times' sake. (laughs) But yeah, like, it's just, uh, I don't know. Do it to celebrate the small wins. Do it to dance out some sadness. Do it just to remind yourself that you can. I don't know. I just needed to say that because I just love dancing it out. Like, it's just such a good feeling. And I remember in a few episodes last season, I was like, I'm going to give you a song to dance to. And then I just kind of stopped because I'm dumb. But yeah, I'm not going to make a promise that I'm going to do that every episode because I probably won't. But that's today's recommendation okay oh i didn't even tell you what the name of it is it's called sunday morning by matoma i think i'm pronouncing that correctly um i'll leave a link to my solo happy dances playlist in the is it called footnotes no that's an essay um show notes that's it uh whatever is down below i'll leave a link to it there and my instagram go and follow me on instagram i always put my music on instagram but not my music (laughs) because girl you cannot sing to save a fucking life which is so funny to me because I grew up in musical theater and I've done so many solo performances and then one day I was just like why did I do all those solo performances when I can't sing but I'm gonna be real with you I'm gonna be very real with you I think I only have a voice for musical theater and that might sound strange because it's normally like the other way around like you have a voice for pop but not musical theater because musical theater is difficult um but for some reason I just I can't sing like pop songs they just sound awful but give me a musical number to belt. And my voice will make some... It'll make some points. They won't be great points. But points will be made. Okay. I remember... I think my last solo was... "Um, There are worse things I could do from Greece, Is that... Is that the name of the song? Or is that just one of the lyrics? Does anyone else get like that? Like, you don't know what the name of the song is. But you know what the lyrics are. Let's check this one out. Grease. Oh, no. It is called There are worse things I could do. Okay, memory. Go off. Um, But yeah. I I loved that solo i remember my dad was in the audience and i had to like dress like a whore and i was like maybe 17 and i was like huh it's me your daughter oh why does that sound like it's me mario jesus oh what the fu- do you guys ever hear like vibrations in your room and you have no idea where they're coming from like a phone buzzing but it's not my phone the government was spying on me with all that being said this roller coaster that we've been on in this podcast episode I'm gonna love you and leave you, besties, okay? Have a great day. Have the conversations that need to be had. Don't be embarrassed about anything that you've been through because one, embarrassment is a social construct, and two, someone else has been there. Someone else has got your back, okay? And maybe they're a soulmate, maybe they are you in another life, but someone else has lived your version of history and I hope that it gives you comfort to know that you're not alone life gets fucking weird besties it gets fucking weird but we're all in this together we're all in this shit show together so yeah I love you have a great week I will talk to you guys next week